Hi there, and welcome back to the Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own podcast. This is your host, Dr. Barbara Hamilton, and today I wanted to bring you a special treat. I've been hard at work, and the reason you haven't heard from me since April is because I've been hard at work on my new virtual course. It's an electronic course called Broke to Breadwinner and Beyond, in which I help early career physicians shortcut their progress to career capital and building their empire. So this course goes through a lot of early career sort of political lessons and money lessons that I learned, um, which really helped me in my first seven years. So now I want to share them with you. I want to shortcut your progress. And I want to just share this upcoming lesson that I'm recording. So uh, let me know what you think. And this is just a brief reprieve. After this, we're going to go back to going through the book chapters as we had before and uh, sharing the book, Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own. But if you're interested in more information about this course, you can go to my website, go to tiredsuperheroin.com forward slash blog, and you'll see the information to sign up for a course preview or to enroll for the course on the sidebar. So on the right side of the blog, go to tiredsuperheroin.com forward slash blog. And on the sidebar of the blog, uh, when you go into one of the blog articles, you can see information for the course there. All right. I hope you enjoy. Hi there and welcome back to Broke to Breadwinner and Beyond. And today I would like to speak about building influence. Do you want to build influence and influence your peers or your environment? Or do you want to mind your own business? The thing is, influence means clout. It's a tool. And when you build influence, you can get more of what you want. So let me try to convince you why this matters. Let me give you an example. When I was first getting started in my first job, I didn't have any clout. I was seen as a green young doctor with good training under my belt, but no real world experience just yet. I was naive and I depended on others to tell me what my schedule would be and how much that was worth in terms of salary and benefits. Then my practice, they didn't trust me just yet. They put me at a tiny community hospital at the edge of the desert. The main hospital where most of the subspecialty work that I trained in was done was very political, they told me, in protective, paternalistic tones. At this little hospital I was sent to, I'd work a four-day work week which spanned over the weekend because who needs weekends anyway? (laughs) And they would pay me per click, which means they would pay me a few bucks per x-ray. And if there was no work, I would just sit there for free. I didn't have much influence then. I was just the new hire. But over time, I built influence. More and more, people listened when I had a concern or thought a process could be improved. I became more and more integral to the practice in the minds of those who I needed to convince. I grew my influence. This was reflected over time in my pay and my schedule. These are the things that you want, trust me. (laughs) Influence is a tool for empowering yourself at work. So I hope that drives home why you might want to build influence, even if you don't see yourself as a influencer 
or as a leader just yet. It's worth it. So with that, here are five steps that I put together to build influence, to give you a a hint in getting started. So number one, the first way to build influence is to build a reputation. We spoke about this in a prior lesson in Broke to Breadwinner and Beyond, this course that you're going through. Um, So go back and listen to that lesson to refresh your memory if you need to. What can you do to bolster your reputation this week? How about this month? And what about in the next six months? If you'd like, you can pause this recording and go ahead and journal on that. Just jot down some ideas for how you can build up your reputation. Number two, the second way to build influence is to cultivate alliances. We also talked about this in a past lesson. Who are the key players who can support you in building influence? Is there a colleague who can drop positive comments about you in your absence? Maybe even spontaneously. Uh, Is there someone in a position to advocate for a change that you would like to make, but they're in a better position to do so? Someone new to my practice recently mentioned that her old practice had scheduled four-day work weeks, so those who were on call over the weekend could have a post-call day. These kinds of ideas can lend themselves to improving your life. Even someone brand new to the practice can contribute a meaningful piece of information and act as an ally toward a common goal, in this case, toward an improved work-life balance. Think of someone in each of the following categories in your own career. A practice leader, a mid-career ally, a peer-level ally, and an ally outside of or new to your practice, or your lab, or your unit, or your group, depending where you're working and on your role. Then think of how you could send an email or have a conversation to help you move toward accomplishing a common goal. Pause the recording here and jot down a couple of ideas. The third way to build influence is to help others. As you build a reputation, you let others know what they can expect of you. And as you cultivate alliances, you can use these to help other people. It's pretty awesome. One way to do this is to connect people who can help each other move each other's careers and goals forward. I did this for a resident who was interested in getting more involved in diversity and inclusion initiatives. I was uh, kind of mentoring her from afar uh, online and I connected her with an attending I knew who was leading these kinds of projects in our national society. So all I had to do was connect them via email. Now this relationship is part of her budding career and they're working together on projects already. I helped to make that happen and it only took the idea to connect them and a few minutes to compose the emails. In our digital age, there are countless ways to network online or over the phone, even if you can't do so in person as we get out of COVID-19, or even with just the constraints of travel and time. So you can reach out to someone across the country using just phone and email. These tools allow us to, uh, we can help each other remotely. So, and we've always known this, but I think COVID really drove that home. As another example, recently, an online acquaintance of mine 
she spent hours with me discussing the various facets of the potential of me opening up my own practice in the future because this is an area that she's had a lot of success. She is a business mentor to doctors who want to start a practice and she spent hours with me for free. Uh, a couple weeks later, this business mentor, she contacted me She contacted me to ask if I could connect with a resident she knew through her son who was going through a devastating loss and it was affecting her performance at work. These are really powerful ways of helping each other out without even having met in person yet. I've never met this business mentor. We've had a significant impact on each other as well as on this trainee who's going through a tough time without even stepping out of our respective states, without even traveling anywhere. So networking is powerful. And here's an example of when somebody helped me. An academic attending I knew through committee work in the Women in IR section got an invitation to speak at a European professional meeting. And she asked if I wanted to do it because the meeting was in Portugal and she couldn't make it. So I gave the talk in her place. And this is a perfect example of sponsorship. Not only could I ask her to look over my presentation for style and content, which is more a mentorship role, but she put my name forth for an opportunity, which is the sponsorship piece. Again, we did this all remotely. This was not face-to-face. <clears throat> Helping others is really powerful, and you can be in a position to both give and receive help no matter where you are in your career right now. So just remi- remember that. Even if you're early in your career, you still have a lot of ways you can contribute and help other people. All of these activities increase your connections and good karma, if you believe in karma, ultimately creating a framework of influence. Number four, the fourth way to build influence is to take calculated risks. Did you know that people respect your ability to take a risk? Reaching out to connect with someone you hardly know or emailing your superiors with a request might feel like a risk. It might feel awkward or like you're sticking your neck out. It might feel like you're exposing yourself to rejection or judgment, and you sort of are. But these kind of actions have an upside. They also help you stand out and they demonstrate initiative, which not everybody has. So people who take action to make things happen are seen as more influential. And therefore, frankly, depending on the situation, they are seen as more important in a process compared to those who just do the bare minimum or just do their job and go home compared to those people who don't take initiative. Excuse me. Brainstorm some risks that you could take for the benefit of your career or related goals. Or put another way, what what do you really want to do or accomplish but are sort of afraid of? How can you start in spite of yourself, in spite of that hesitancy you feel? Can you assess the risks involved? What is the absolute worst that could happen? Sometimes it helps to think in those terms. It doesn't seem like it would, but it can be helpful. So consider an example. If you're considering a risk, an email, a request, is this something that would put your job at risk? If it's emailing an administrator to discuss a pay raise, chances are no. 
it's not going to put your job at risk. Your decision makers might say no to your request, but if you're professional about it, you might be able to use that meeting, even if you get a no, to get some useful information, like how you could earn that raise in the future. Or better yet, you might actually be granted the raise. <clears throat> you don't know until you ask. By bringing this up, you're not likely to get fired. So consider what is the real worst case scenario of what you're considering? Whether it's speaking up in a meeting or standing up to someone who's slighted you. Are you afraid people will see you differently when you ask for what you want or when you take that risk? Well, it's possible to be honest with you. But even if their initial reaction isn't the one you hope for, your asking might still result in a better perception of you over time. So think about that. Perhaps over time, your bosses will know that you're someone with enough, say, business savvy or self-respect to ask for excellent pay. Or you're someone with enough self-respect and tact to stand up to someone who is taking credit for your work. These are all excellent skills and I will tell you, this has happened to me. I've suffered backlash in the moment and then had somebody perceive my actions as positive later on. And these kinds of attributes like business savvy or self-respect, they can bolster your employer's success as well. And so smart employers know this. Smart groups and labs, they should know this. The point is, when you think of the absolute worst case scenario of what you're considering, It may actually not be that bad. If the risk is worth taking, especially if it's something that you care about or something that's been keeping you up at night or something that's just been needling you, um, you may just need to nudge yourself or force yourself to take a step in spite of your fear. I've certainly done that in my career. So pause the recording now if you want to consider something that you've been wanting to do but have been scared to do because of the risk journal on it for a few minutes or jot down your next action steps and even consider the worst case scenario. What are the potential upsides and downsides of the risk? That is called making a calculated risk and it's part of building influence. The fifth way to grow your influence is to spread the word. What do I mean? Do you have something you care about? For me, it's equity for women in male dominated fields. That's why I started a blog and wrote about this topic weekly for two years before writing a book and launching a podcast on the topic. So what do you care about? It can be related to your work or totally unrelated. When you share this passion with others, your impact increases, your influence increases. Your impact is the mark you leave on this world. It's your legacy. Whether you're passionate about caring for patients, managing a group of engineers, supporting domestic violence shelters, or building blockchain networks. Listen, I don't even know what those are, but I'm just saying, whatever you are interested in, whatever you're doing with your brilliant mind, the networks and influence you can build by working in those areas can still affect your day job because they can affect how you're seen by others and they can develop your suite of skills that can extend to those you offer on the job. For example, As someone who started and marketed an online platform myself, I was subsequently tapped and recruited to my company's brand support board. This activity puts me in regular contact with top players in my my company across the country. 
It keeps me top of mind for key decision makers. It could lead to speaking or PR opportunities. I don't know at this point. It'll help me foster new relationships, that's for sure. And it will help me learn more about marketing and branding so that I can increase the risk of increase the, re- the reach of my own platform, Tired Superheroine. And it will increase my chances of partnership in the coming year. Did I build my website anticipating this as a side benefit? No. I simply cared about spreading my own message of empowerment for other women like my former self. And this, this new um, opportunity has been an unexpected side benefit. So consider, is there something you care about that you could develop as a passion, as a side project to enrich your life? It might be related to your job or to the building of your practice, or it could be completely tangential. Either way, it might just boost your career when you're not looking. So now, after I've gone through those five things, ways to build your influence, how do you feel about the idea? Are you for it or does it feel contrived? Does it sound like something you'll be actively pondering and taking action to build or something you need to put on the back burner right now? If so, that's okay. You can let this simmer in the background and just let the ideas come later. But I'd encourage you to consider journaling on these questions that I post and you might uncover some insight as to how you see yourself um, in the context of your career and your influence. I'll tell you in case it's not crystal clear, I think women in the workplace, especially women in male-dominated fields, need to build influence so they can claim their stake and get what they deserve. I think that most women in our society give more than they take, and I think that needs to change. I think when women in the world wield more influence, the world will be a better place. I hope you'll join me in building and taking control of your own influence. So take your time, replay this lesson if you need to hear it again. There's a lot to chew on. Pause the recording at any point and take time to journal if it suits you. Okay, if you're part of this course, because I'm also sharing this little snippet on the podcast, so those enrolled in the course can check out the PDF which is attached, which includes some form emails that you can use. These are real emails that I've used to accomplish different things in my career, from sharing a win with my superiors, to letting my readiness be known for a leadership position that was coming up, to requesting what I needed and wanted in exchange for my good work. I hope you use these as an inspiration to take hold of your career, because you deserve the same. So get journaling, dreaming, emailing, and connecting. Build that influence for yourself and for the greater good. I know you can do it.